Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Kerry Griffiths. Kerry is the founder of Willowbrook Lifestyle Financial Planning, and she's been a financial advisor for over 20 years. She gives advice exclusively to women divorcing wealthy and powerful men, and her mission is to remove financial vulnerability and disadvantage for these women. But she also stands for much more than this. Her business plan and objectives run along the UN Sustainable Development Goals, specifically gender equality and quality education. In recognition of this on International Women's Day, Motivate magazine recognized her as an inspirational woman for 2021. And she was also a finalist in the Nation of Women Changemaker Awards in the Empowerment category. So I am super excited to welcome Kerry Griffiths to the show. Welcome, Kerry. Thank you, Sarah. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, it's so lovely. And I know that today you're going to give so much valuable information for my listeners. So please tell us a little bit about you and what you do. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to tell you a bit about what I do. I suppose in quite a different niche to a lot of people. So I'm a financial advisor and I run my own company, Willowbrook Lifestyle Financial Planning. And I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years, but I work exclusively with women who are divorcing wealthy and powerful men. So that's just a little bit different to kind of what you'd normally find out there. Um, I've won awards for inspiring and empowering women, and that's really my motivation. It's to kind of get to a situation where we have women in a position where they are feeling empowered. And my mission is to remove financial vulnerability and disadvantage for women who are getting divorced. And then I've got a big picture. My big vision is a future where women are finding it easy and attractive to be money savvy. Oh, I like that. Easy and attractive to be money savvy. Yeah. I mean, in my coaching clinic, I see so many women who are worried about the finances, worried that sometimes they don't even know anything about the finances. So how do you start working with someone, Kerry, when they literally have no clue because their ex has always controlled the finances and they don't know anything or where anything is or where they have bank accounts even? So I think the first thing is to really give them the perspective that they are not alone. There can be a lot of shame which comes along with you realising that you don't know anything about money, that your ex has done it. And a lot of women get to a point where they're a little bit embarrassed about the fact that they let that happen. So I think it's really important that we just start off by letting people know that this is really normal and really common. It's actually, if you think about it, um, really quite logical for you to delegate roles within a relationship and for one person to own one thing another to other, other parts so it's normal we see lots of it it doesn't mean it's ideal but also it's really common so don't beat yourself up about it in terms of where you then start the second thing I really like women to know is that it is not really really difficult it's actually really quite straightforward and I think as women we have this tendency to be real perfectionists and to kind of always set ourselves up thinking that we have this massive mountain to climb and so much to learn. And what you need to learn and what you need to know during divorce around your finances is really straightforward. Getting the fundamentals right is really quite easy. 
So there's a couple of ways that women can go about it. The first thing really is to make sure that you have some clarity about the current financial situation. And so that will be taking out your statements, having a look at what's coming in and what's going out and starting to just get a picture of where the money is going. That's if you've got access to it. And then the second step is to really get an understanding of what you owe and what you own. And that would involve you probably going through some of the statements that come through from different financial providers. It might be that you have been opening those statements. So just starting there can be a really good place. In terms of kind of gaining knowledge, there's a load of places now available for you to do this online. I would say it's really, really important not to get stuck in the Google kind of trap of just researching everything and kind of trying to know everything inside out through Google because it can become like a second job if you do that. But actually, if you want to just gain the fundamentals, there's places, for example, SmartPurse, um, which is like an online learning platform for finances that just help you gain a basic knowledge. Or you can work alongside a financial planner and they will help fill those knowledge gaps and actually get you to a place where you're really clear about what the money looks like. Yeah, that's really good advice. And just starting with the basics simply is going to give you more clarity, which is going to help you dial down some of that overwhelm. I see clients a lot who are struggling with creating like a budget. They don't even know how much they're spending a month. So often I say, well, create a little budget of how much you spend a month just for you. Because if you don't know what your ex is doing, you don't know where the money is. Well, you can start with what you do know. And what you do know is how much do you spend? Because you're 50% of this relationship, right? So how would you advise clients? clients to go about creating like a monthly budget of what they spend how would they do that to keep it really simple so the first thing I like about that is how you said it was just for them I think that's one of the issues sometimes we have when we talk about the word budget it feels like a chore and it feels like a task and it feels quite unpleasant and that's often what puts women off and if we just think about it it's just that opportunity to gain clarity which helps us gain control and reduce overwhelm there's a lot of really positive reasons why putting that together really really works so the simplest place to start is by gaining or getting a spreadsheet from your legal team or financial planner or online because they will already have the categories kind of filtered out for you now Creating a simple budget and creating a budget you use in divorce are are two very different things. Because by the time you come, if you're going through the legal process, if you're using a legal team, by the time you come to produce a budget with them, really goes into minute detail because we need to get very, very accurate about where money is going. But the starting point is higher level to that. So the starting point is to simply get an understanding of the main expenses you have on a monthly basis. So get a spreadsheet from your solicitor, from a financial planner, or just download one off the internet. There's hundreds out there. Use your monthly statement and actually fill in those details. Now, if you're the type of person who loves a spreadsheet, go on and do that. But, you know, there's plenty of women who it's just much better to get a beautiful notepad, quiet corner, a lovely pen, put a candle on and just kind of take, you know, a real quiet moment to think about that money and where it's going, make it a more enjoyable experience in that way. Oh, I love that idea. I mean, I think sometimes we build it up to something that's going to be traumatic in itself going through that. And I guess some of that reason is that we're scared about what we might find out. So by looking into this and actually working out how much money we do spend and what that would mean for the future, sometimes we can get quite worried about well, what happens if it's not enough? What happens if there isn't enough in the pot? How is that going to impact my lifestyle? 
So what would you advise in those scenarios where people are just really worried because they don't think there's going to be enough? It is often the case, Sarah, because you're trying to split one household into two. So, you know, having enough money to go between two households when there was maybe just enough to go around one can be tough. So the first thing is to kind of recognise that, yeah, change might need to come. And the second thing then is to really understand that being clear is going to take away the fear. So where you are standing right now, looking at the money and actually thinking to yourself, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm scared of what I'm going to find. Actually, the other side of that is clarity. And the other side of that is the ability to gain control and make choices. You can't make choices when you're in a place of not knowing. So it can be painful. And sometimes, realistically, sometimes, Sarah, there is not enough money. And it means lifestyle changes. That does sometimes have to happen. But people are robust. We find different ways of living. We find different things that light us up and different ways that are going to make our lives enriched, regardless of whether or not we have the same amount of money as we did prior to the divorce. Yes, absolutely. And and clarity does give you power. The more you know, the more power you have. Because even if you don't like what you see and what you find out, then you have a chance to change it rather than sticking your head in the sand and waiting till the very last minute. Um, Also, I think it's important to point out that whatever the financial settlement is in that moment, when you come to the end of the separation or divorce, that doesn't mean that's how your financial situation is going to be forever, does it, Kerry? No, and what you will find often is that it's the launch pad for really taking control of your money. It's an opportunity, a natural reset or a pause to think about where you are and how you got here and then really consider the life you know have ahead and the finances that could underpin that. So for a lot of women, you know, things like what you do, Sarah, a lot of women go through divorce and become a divorce coach, you know, see it as an opportunity to gain a different way of living, to improve their wealth. And there, yeah, there's lots of things that you can do when you start to understand your money that can influence it going forward. Yes. And I think sometimes people think they've got to go back to what they were doing before to earn money. But obviously, sometimes, like you said, you can use your breakup experience and train to become a breakup and divorce coach, maybe. Or there's lots of things you can do, even if you've got a hobby doing something that you really enjoy. It's really a chance to really take a good look at your life and work out what is it I want more of? What do I enjoy? Sometimes that's a it's a reset button. As you said, it's time to sort of look at everything, detox out what you don't like and do a hell of a lot more of what you do like. And that hopefully will find you somewhere where you can generate an extra income stream. Sorry, I think a lot more divorces, there's a change in the law slightly where, which can be scary for women, I think, who are thinking the judge is going to make me go back out to work again. And that terrifies me. Do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. I work with a lot of women who have given up their careers to have children, to get married, um, and actually feel really vulnerable about their position post-divorce. You know, that fear factor of around how markets have moved, around how their skill set could be used going forward. And it can be quite overwhelming to deal with the concept of not living with a partner post-divorce but also then the concept of actually my life is going to look and feel a whole lot different because I'm going to be working etc. I think you'll agree Sarah what you tend to find is that people find it enriching to actually step back into a career that they were enjoying that they were good at or to start something new that's more fulfilling and that can actually give them the financial independence that they're after and often for me the clients that I work with that's their true prize that's what they're really after is to be financially independent and money savvy post-divorce. 
me out. It's a great goal to have, even though I, I know it can be quite daunting for people going through a breakup. So tell me, why do you exclusively work with women divorcing wealthy and powerful men? It comes really from the need basis. So when I work with clients, um, when I started the business, I made, very much made the decision that I wanted to have the biggest impact I could on my clients' lives. Um, and divorce being a point at which women are particularly vulnerable became the area that I really wanted to focus on. And arguably, there's a point within divorce where financial planning really adds value. I think financial support through divorce is useful for all women and men, you know, financial support. But where financial planning comes in is much more useful when things are complex, when the money is more detailed, when there are different assets involved. And actually, we need to use specialist financial planning tools and experience to work out a strategy. And that comes when there is wealth involved. And then the reason around the powerful men side of things, for me specifically, I like to add value. I like to give knowledge. I like to be that supportive person. And when women are divorcing powerful men, they're at that position, I feel, where they're most vulnerable and they're looking to grow the most. And that's just inspires me. So, yeah, that's the reason that that's the people that I, I love working with. Well, I love that. And I think there's a lot of support needed. And I see that in my clinic every day. And sometimes, not always, but often, I would say divorcing a wealthy and powerful man or woman sometimes can be high conflict. And sometimes can be incredibly difficult when things are hidden, things are not produced on time maybe the financial documents aren't produced on time sometimes they're not as clear as they could be or sometimes they're just not produced at all um so I know that can be a really really difficult thing do you have any tips for dealing with it when it gets that difficult so the first thing I would say is absolutely working with a divorce specialist, you know, working with a coach who understands the tactics and a legal team and a financial team who have worked with these types of clients before. It's really important to have a strategy that's been planned out in advance. And that involves you really knowing what a good outcome would be for you so that when or if it gets brought to the table, you're able to step out of the game specifically around the tactics that can be played around kind of keeping money to one side or not disclosing everything. This is where we need really good legal teams involved. Um, we often need to pull in other professionals like forensic accountants to kind of investigate things. And actually, between the team, you know, between the financial expert, the accountants, the legal team, we're normally able to kind of establish a few threads of what might be going on to then raise questions in a legal forum. So it's about just having enough expertise on your side to be able to kind of notice little things that might be happening to then be able to pursue a little bit further. Yeah, because you're going to need that evidence because a judge isn't going to award a settlement based on what you think is there or what even you know is there but can't prove. So that's why I agree you do need some pretty hard hitting experts in certain times, like the forensic experts, uh, accountants who will pull those threads looking through the bank statements that you do have or have to be you know, revealed and swapped during the process to just see if that leads to another bank account or another savings account, something that comes out of that. So I think you're, it's really, really important because you're going to need that evidence. You're going to need that um, to get the settlement that is fair and just. So, yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. Getting that good team together. Do you have any tips on how you should select that team? Because there's so many people out there. Is there anything that you would suggest? 
I think it's really important to follow people on social media and to kind of get to know who they are, get an understanding of what they do and how they work. Um, And actually, if you're a a woman or a man watching and you haven't actually got the finances to get a really great team around you, because that happens a lot, Sarah, you know, if you can't afford a divorce coach or you can't afford a financial planner, um, using social media can be a really good second best. You know, there's a lot of information. There's great podcasts out there like yours. You know, people are using Instagram, there's lives, there's kind of opportunity to look at blogs. So you can gain a lot of knowledge from that perspective. But I would say that's definitely a really good resource tool. Secondly, I think it's really important to ask others who might have been through the same situation and get their thoughts about who worked for them and whether they would refer them. It can be really useful just to put on social media if you're comfortable does anybody have any recommendations? Anybody know anybody good that they should work with? When it comes to financial planners specifically, I think it's really important to recognise the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner. So I call myself both and that can really puzzle people. But the difference being financial advisors are very much based around products and, and they're talking through what investments and what pensions, what mortgages, what life cover, etc. you need. Lifestyle financial planners or financial planners are more about strategies, about having the goals and the plans laid out. And it's more about a longer term picture. And it's really important when you're going through divorce that you have the latter because you actually really do need a financial plan for the rest of your life. Absolutely. It's really key because if you want to move on, you've got to step up and some of these hurdles that have been holding you back out of fear, maybe, or just lack of knowledge are going to hold you back moving forward. So it's important that we step up in these times and get the right team to help you. And again, as you said, it doesn't need to be expensive either. There are other ways of doing it so that you can get the right team around you. So Kerry, I'm interested, what do you think the main barriers are for women when they're divorcing? What are the challenges they come up against? Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. What do you think the main barriers are for women when they're divorcing? What are the challenges they come up against? Oh my God, there are so, so many. So you've mentioned one already, which is around the fact that women often haven't been the financial manager within the relationship. And that's a huge barrier. It leaves them feeling really vulnerable. It leaves them feeling like the underdog. And then if we combine that with the fact that often we don't talk about money, there's a lot of money silence. And so it's not like it's something that you can sit around the table with your friends and talk about either. So, you know, we don't share how much we earn. We don't share how much we owe. You don't have those kind of conversations. It's like 
you know, presents a real barrier too. Um, I think a really big one for women is that they often see money as a bore and a chore. So it has been delegated to the other half and they haven't really been that bothered about it because, you know, who wants to deal with finances when they're talking about the economy in China and kind of all this really dull stuff. Um, and that, you know, that is part of the reason why I think a lot of women have let that task go so all of those things get in a woman's way and when she's in a place where she's now divorcing that sudden reality check of okay I've dropped a ball here it isn't one I even particularly want to pick up because I'd like it's not particularly inspiring to me and I need to get fast 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 I need to get my head around what's going on I think is, is really important and there's some key things I think women can do to kind of move that side side of things forward. So when we're talking about finances being a bore and a chore, the main thing that I really like women to go and Google and to find out more about is lifestyle financial planning. Because if that's what financial services was talking about, we would have a lot more women inspired because it's all about what you need your money to do for you, how it can do that, and how we can get the outcomes that you want from your money, rather than just what's the growth, what's the performance. Yeah. And I think it's also about peace of mind. Yeah. Because I think going through a breakup, you're worried and you're thinking, gosh, I'm going to have to change my lifestyle, but by how much? And I'm going to have to, maybe I can't spend the same amount, but by how much? And what's got to stop? And what will I be able to do? And one of the questions I see a lot is, well, you know, I'm juggling staying in the family home, which is where, you know, all the memories have been. But in order to stay here, I'm going to get the house, but it means I'm going to get a lot less cash. So what's the best decision? What's your advice? Do you see this a lot? Yeah, that's a scenario I see an awful lot. And alongside the kind of reality of I'm going to stay in the house, I'm going to have a lot less cash is actually... I'm also going to have a lot less disposable income. You know, I'm going to be paying a lot to stay in this this large property or this property. I'm going to be paying an awful lot each month. Can I afford it? Um, and actually, that's going to prevent me putting any money away for my pension. And the pension is also often the thing that they've already given up to stay in the house. So not only have they given up a share of the pension to keep the property, they've also then find themselves in a situation where they've not got the disposable income to then build a retirement pot as well. So the way that that can be explored is by really understanding financially what the different options look like and how that plays out. And there's some software that financial planners use called cash flow forecasting. And this allows us to look at a client's um, incomings and outcomes from now until age 100 to understand where there's any shortfalls and think about strategies to address that. Now, often one thing that can work for these women is that they stay in their property until the children reach a certain age and then they can decide to downsize and then move that money into a pension environment. So they get that best of both worlds in terms of they're keeping that stability for their children, they're not having too much change at once but then they can move that money in and kind of divert it. So that can be an option and we can kind of stress test that and see if that works. But I think you'd agree Sarah, often a new home is a new start and new memories. And I know so many women who have not wanted to do it, but have said it's the best thing that they ever did. Oh, absolutely. I think sometimes during a divorce, we can all get very myopic and focused on things just because we, it's what we've always known. And the fear of everything changing. So yeah. losing your partner, maybe losing seeing the kids some of the time. And then on top of that, your home, which is supposedly your safe space, yeah. that can be too much to really stomach it in one go. So sometimes it can be a bit daunting. But again, 
I agree. It can be an exciting new project where you put your own stamp, your own personality. You know, I know in my marital home, I had dark wood floors and very neutral curtains and there were Buddhas in places. And you know what? It wasn't really me. And when I moved into my own property, I've got bright green curtains and I've got thick pile carpets and no Buddhas in sight. So, you know, it's very much my own personality stamped on it and my son's as well. So, you know, a combination of that. And actually, it was one of the best things I ever did. I really enjoyed that. And a lot of clients have followed suit and doing the same thing gives you your own sense of purpose, a fresh focus and a sense of yourself again, which quite often we lose, don't we, during a tough breakup. And for the children too, the children can really enjoy that experience. I know we think that they are going to want to stay in their own home, but actually often children really get on board with picking a new property and kind of seeing it as a, a new start too. Yeah, and I think it's great to get them involved and say, you know, what would you like in the property? And obviously, they might say swimming pool and all those things which really aren't affordable. But, you know, realistically, what's your favourite colour? Well, let's design your bedroom with your favourite colour. And, you know, there's, there's a little space where you could have a play area or your own little sofa. You know, really getting their buy-in so it feels like it's their home too, I think is important. And then they'll have two homes to go between and that can have advantages for them in some ways too. So... Kerry, you also talk about there being four principles that women need to be aware of when it comes to money and divorce. Can you tell us a little bit about those? I think it's important to have them as headlines and kind of have them really clear in a lady's mind. I think it'd be a really useful navigation. So the first one is to get your tribe around you. And we've talked about this, having your experts on site. We know that what you're going to go through is going to be demanding it's going to take an awful lot and actually having alongside you a divorce coach financial planner and a legal team is super super important if you can't afford those which some women can't having the resources so following on instagram those types of accounts watching podcasts following youtube channels for that type of support so that's the first one is kind of get your tribe around you the second one is know your landscape so we talked about the fact that if you're clear it takes away the fear how clarity brings control so it's really important that you gain a very good understanding of the current situation and that involves understanding what is coming in and what's going out and what you owe and what you own and and they are areas that are really worth researching. It's important that you don't think that you need to become a financial expert, uh, but they are the things that would be worth you understanding in quite some detail. And whether you gain that understanding by working with a financial planner or whether you gain that understanding by self-research, they will be really key things to, to make sure that you're understanding um, to remove that vulnerability. The third thing is define your win. So it's really important that you have a clear idea of what you need and what you want. And that is important before you get into any kind of discussions, because you need to be in a position where you are able to see if what is presented is going to work for you. I always say to clients and, and to anybody who contacts me on Instagram, actually, I always say, if you don't know what your income is going to be after divorce and you don't know what your income is going to be in retirement, you are not ready to settle because those are figures that you absolutely need to know and they form part of you understanding what a win looks like for you. So define your win, know what you actually need this to look like in terms of income and if you can, in terms of a lump sum. 
that's a really important point. So many of my clients are divorcing what I term difficult people, you know, people that are hell bent on leaving you with nothing, taking you through the courts, dragging you through a very expensive process, maybe hiding or confusing the information so it's not clear to anyone. So no one can make a proper decision on what what is available and what isn't. Um, And I think this is really important because negotiating with a difficult person is really a very difficult thing to do because, well, in all cases with difficult people, they haven't got your best intentions at heart. So they just want to win. They're not looking for a fair outcome. And anything goes in those terms. So quite often I see clients who are waiting to hear what their ex is going to make an offer on and what the amount's going to be. And I'm always saying, figure out what you need first. What is your bare minimum? Where do you start? What is the most important thing for you? You need to know what you need. Then on top of that, add what you would want, because I think that's important as well to have a, you know, okay, this is what the bare minimum is to survive. But then on top of that, I want these extras because that's maybe what you're used to or a compromise on what you're used to. And so that gives you a different number altogether. And then when you've got that figure, I always think when you're negotiating with what I term a difficult person, but difficult meaning abusive, really, you then also need to add a little bit more on top of that because they're going to need to feel they're winning. So yes. they're going to need to negotiate you down. They're never going to agree with what you give. They're going to try and annihilate that and blow it out of the water. So I think those steps, you know, working out what you want and need, as you said, that is a really critical step, especially if you're divorcing someone that is hell-bent on getting away with as much as they can. And they're not logical either, Sarah. And that's a really difficult thing to kind of deal with is you think, okay, they're going to take some logical steps here to get what they want. And they don't always, sometimes they come in completely left wing with what they're putting on the table. And what this allows you to do is actually step out of the game. Because as soon as it's presented in any form, which can be really random, you know, can be presented in a way that you're not expecting. But as soon as it's presented and the figures make sense, it allows you to make a very objective decision and kind of go, right, regardless of all the emotions, involved here regardless of of all the game playing that's going on those are the figures that I knew I wanted and I can sign and I can move out of the game and that's a win you know defining the win is, is normally for these women getting away from him yeah and also if you know that then you can in some cases skip the really expensive court battle as well as the emotional drain that comes from the court battle which no one really talks about the lawyers will give you estimates for what they're worth, pretty much nothing in my opinion, but they'll give you an estimate of how much it will cost and then probably triple that. You'll have a better idea of what it's going to cost you. With a difficult person, these costs just spiral out, out and yeah. you know things come out of left field that you have to deal with and cost money. So it's a very expensive way to get divorced, but one that's unavoidable if you are divorcing a difficult person. So I think these things are super important so that you know knowing what you would walk away from to avoid that emotional stress and strain and having that figure in your mind so that if it came up, you could take it knowing that you'd be safe and secure, you'd survive, you'd get through it. And that is really absolutely vital information. I agree. And I think what these steps do is allow you to avoid that fight, flight or freeze instinct. You know, the idea that he has always won and you've got to fight and you've got to win this time. It allows you to take that out of the picture or the flight instinct of he's just put something on the table. I'm going to sign it because I need to be done. Or the freeze instinct of I have no idea what's going on. I can't make a decision and therefore I'm going to do nothing. And actually, these steps allow you to take that in all of those instincts away and make objective, logical, lifelong decisions. Um, There's one more principle then, and that's prepare for freedom. And so 
women that I work with want to be money savvy and financially independent post-divorce. And that needs preparation because if you're always going to do what you've always done, it's not going to change. And if your relationship with money is not going to um, have any work on it, it's going to be exactly the same. And you're still going to see it as a bore and a chore. And my big tip here, as I've said throughout, is to kind of explore lifestyle financial planning. When you know what you want your money to do for you, when there's tools in place that actually talk about how your life could be and what the strategy looks like, it's a different conversation and it's useful. It's an inspiring. I love that. Plan for your freedom. Yes, that's what we all want, isn't it? At the end of that traumatic experience is to start thinking about the positive things and the fun things we can do with the situation when we're out. So love it. It's perfect. So Kerry, thanks so much. You've been an absolute mine of wonderful information for my listeners here. Um, How can people find you and find out more about your work? Um, probably on Instagram is the easiest place. So it's Willowbrook Lifestyle Financial Planning on there. Also YouTube, but you can find that from my Instagram bio. And then I've got a website as well. And there's loads and loads of information on there for women who just want to get money savvy during divorce. Brilliant. Well, thank you. And my last question that I ask all my guests, because my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness, I think it's always key to know what happiness is for you. So what is happiness for you, Kerry? So the picture I have in my mind is walking with my family, with my dog, along the countryside, up into the mountains, into the Brecon Beacons, sunshiny days, lunchbox with us, you know, little flask of tea, just the simple stuff. The stuff that we've had more and more of in lockdown. And interestingly, the stuff that costs no money whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Lovely. Thank you so much, Kerry, for being my guest. You've been amazing. Thank you for having me, Sarah. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to Instagram, Willowbrook Financial Planning, to find out more about Kerry and her work. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's gift. Thank you, and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.